0: Welcome to Carpetrage Podcast, episode 97. I'm Eric Berger, joined, as always, by my co-host, Ryan
1: Sinitsky. Hello, sir. Hey, it's me. Uh, welcome back. Yes, we are back. You know what? I'm going to preempt your topic I just thought of something that I need to mention. Sounds good. I'm drinking a beer. Go for it. Cool. Uh, <laughs> will you go on to bringatrailer.com right now? I will. Just
0: give me one second to get the beer off the screen of my laptop that just exploded all over it. All right. Bring a trailer. Let me go to the correct... Go what to is, the, oh, I just got beer on the trackpad of this now. Hey, you fucked up. Your this is going to be a second. All right, what's on BAT? <laughs> the worst let car. Me,
1: let me dump the link. <laughs> the worst car that I have ever seen on Bring a Trailer. Ever.
0: That's impressive.
1: It is the only W body I've ever seen on Bring a Trailer. Ever. It uh, is a uh, 80,000 mile Chevy Monte Carlo Dale Earnhardt Jr. edition. Uh, how far toward the bottom is it? Uh, it just closed yesterday. Oh, shoot. Um, so I, I bet if you type it. in Monte Carlo into the search, it'll just be right there.
0: Well, right now the, uh, oh, there it finally
1: it goes. You didn't ruin the trackpad. I didn't know. I don't know why I didn't think about this until now. Well, that's fine. Whatever. But yeah, go, go into search. Let's type in Monte Carlo. Look <laughs> at <laughs> well, all those cool cars! It gives come you off. Saab ninety
0: six, Mini Classic, <laughs> WRX two forty Z, nine fourteen Porsche, three fifty six Porsche, Porsche Impact bumper nine eleven, and Sunbeam Tiger. And oh. then you get down to Dale Jr. <laughs> <junior> edition. <laughs> oh, it's somebody's like pride and joy they saved since new, and it only brought $4, forty
1: eight hundred dollars. <laughs> I'm. Sh- it's it's like just this is the ultimate W body. It's. The and Earnhardt Jr. No, this Junior isn't Edition, an intimidator. It, it's pretty damn close. But Two thousand
0: eight hundred and eighty-three signature series. Ooh.
1: Yeah. Ooh. Oh, God.
0: Oh. It's got bleh. American
1: Racing Estrella black and silver. So custom. My, custom rims. Cu- custom painted American Racing Estrellas. Those are just awful wheels on my cross that I couldn't. Oh. Got to hate those. It's got a MagnaFlow <laughs> exhaust on it. Oh. Yeah, I'm sure
0: that three point
1: eight sounding real. God. Good. That oh, is, man. what the hell? I, I love that Prigia trailer has a sense of humor. Uh. <laughs> the
0: interior is disgusting. Oh, it's so bad. <laughs> it's in terrible condition. It's only got 88,000 miles it's on like it. It's
1: like all cracked and shit. <laughs> oh my God, it's so bad. And there's
0: the supercharged 3,800.
1: 240, 240 horse horsepower at 5,200 wow. RPM, And it's had a crash. <laughs>
0: I'm actually amazed it close for that much, considering the, the, the crash. comments
1: have been very curated. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh man! Anyway, uh, that's terrible. Ooh, this is eight.
1: Yeah, and there's a real like a really really cool Z thirty one. But ooh, yeah, but we're actually at the
0: market for one of these.
1: One hundred and twelve. Uh, that's a great card. Uh, way
0: way too few miles. So it's gonna go for too much money. Yeah. But anyway, there's a picture of a Z eight, which is just better. Oh no! I am so dumb. Let me go back to the Monte Carlo. Oh, God, what were you <laughs> thinking? I... All of this
1: for nothing. Look at it. All
0: right. So here's the here's the horrible cracked interior and that 240 oh. horsepower fire breather. Look at those American oh. racing wheels.
1: American mm. racing Estrellas.
0: They're fine. It's an act of contrition. I'll, I'll leave oh. that up so it becomes our episode thumbnail that on YouTube. That was so bad. <laughs> yeah, I'm not ah. perfect. G-
1: <laughs> so gross. <laughs> wow.
0: Well, I, I guess riding on the heels of this terrible disappointment, my first topic <laughs> is what car or cars have you followed or owned that have been valuable, then hit rock bottom after that, and then started to have come back from or have since exploded in value? And then, as a kind of additional piece, any regrets that you tangibly could have purchased in, like, the trough?
1: Oh, God. A bunch of cars I could have tangibly pur- purchased. Um, Start with the first part, though. The, cars well, that you
0: have followed or owned before they became worthless and then have since come back up in value. Or will at some point. Oh, uh, man.
1: Up. The DC Integros. Okay. Like, all front-wheel drive Hondas from the 90s. Okay. Like, I love those cars since inception. It was so, like... And those were depreciating when you fell in love with them. So, no, they were, like, new when I fell in love with them. Yeah. Before they were yeah, depreciating. Yeah, yeah, depreciating, yeah. So, like, you have to understand, like, this goes back very long in my automotive history. Okay. The f- moment I fell in love with Hondas, I distinctly remember it was in, like, April or May when I was in first grade. Um, I was <laughs> in the back. Precise. Yeah, I was in the back of my mom's Hyundai Tiburon, and we were going from Cornelia Elementary in Edina, Mm-hmm. To our uh no we were into Southdale actually before we went to before we went home, and we were seen there at the light on sixty ninth street in France <laughs> I know <laughs> and there were twin bomex kitted
0: o g oh, yeah. patches
1: that were like custom metallic with like bass mode <laughs> amounts of flake on them
0: you 've actually told this like. Instance before on Carbotrade, yeah.
1: that was the moment in which I felt I felt deeply in love with a car, <clears throat> not because somebody told me a car is cool, but because I felt it in my soul that I liked that car, <laughs> and it was the most riced out Honda Civic, and I loved that. And like my entire life, I've always loved Civics, and um, yeah, I watched them. Depreciate. I watched the EFs and the EGs become a hundred percent disposable cars. In mm-hmm. every single EG, I remember when I first started going on street racing. Every car, everybody had an EG Civic. And by the time I quit, everybody had an EK because okay. all the EGs and the EFs had been wrecked and stolen. <laughs> <laughs> they were a hundred percent disposable. And weird. Now they're at a point where they're not. If you go out street racing these days, like yeah, you get some like really clapped out EKs, but like. Usually it's like it's like crappy RSXs and EP3s and stuff. But I do like EP3s. Yeah, but uh, yeah, no. Is the, um, the Honda Civic really did it for me? Um, mm-hmm. That was one I followed. I'm really happy they're going back up in value. And then um the car just kind of watched tank and value. All the pre-war stuff I like every single one of them. Just
0: and and the boomer cars, of course. Yeah, mm-hmm. all
1: those are just. Dissolving in front of my eyes. I'm really excited because that means I can afford them soon. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Anyway, what about you?
0: Uh, I'd say like the the biggest one of these for me. Like I know I give the E36 a bunch of crap, but that's a car that when I first started looking at it was new. Like you said with the Civics, yeah. And that was one of those things where like I thought it was cool, and up until. We'll say the mid like two thousands. They mm-hmm. were pretty valuable cars, and like I firsthand witnessed these things crash into the fifteen hundred dollar mark. Oh yeah, I remember. And now like it's tough to find a manual one
1: for fifteen hundred bucks for yeah.
0: less than five grand. Yeah, and like and this was it was it was like the quickest dip I've ever seen on a car because like, all the crappy ones, like obviously as stuff comes from new, you get like a tangential divide yeah. of, like the really nice ones and the really crappy ones. All the crappy ones went away immediately for engine swaps for E30s. Yeah. So when the $1,500 ones existed, they all got snapped up and dismantled. And yeah. the nice ones are the only ones that are left now, and those are eight-plus-thousand-dollar cars. Yes. So that's a car that it's not going to explode in value ever. There was actually a, a question on the national BMW CCA Facebook page yesterday. And it was like, when will the E36 see the same... Uh, explosion Explosion is the E30 M3 And like, my reply was Well never Because the E30 M3 Is a homologation race car And it was made In far fewer numbers Also yeah. the one we got In the states here The E36 was just crippled Yeah So combine that With the fact that It isn't as special It didn't really win Nearly
1: as many races
0: And it doesn't look as good No it's, it, it just It won't get to that level It e- will continue to the
1: appreciate The E36 is the 280ZX Of M3s
0: It is it's, And it, it almost makes it Not worth buying For a collection if I saw a really nice ninety five coupe for like twenty grand or less, I would maybe consider it.
1: You know, I I gotta agree with you. Usually, I say that uh, you know it's really hard for me to say something that's just not worthy of collecting. But I've driven a very well cared for E thirty six M three. It's a it's a good car, and but it's not that car was prior to driving a Mazda Millennia in perfect <laughs> condition. That car is the biggest letdown <laughs> of my life.
0: It's just not that special. It's it's a very capable car, but it's not that special.
1: Yeah, it's that it's it's very it's all right. Which it just it feels
0: like a performance package 328.
1: You know, another three other cars I've followed my entire life, and I've seen just explode: Mark IV Supras, um, FD RX Sevens, and the 3000 GT. Okay, uh, the 3000 GT VR4. When I was a kid, was like to me, was as cool as the EG Civic, which is the peak of cool, just so you know. Uh, That's not the case. (laughs) But, um, yeah, the 3000 GT, uh, they're beginning to appreciate. The Mark IV, um, biggest regret of my life. Um, Oh, yeah? Yeah. I was 100% debt-free. I had just gotten a reasonable job, and I had the chance to buy a non-turbo manual low-mile Target top. It was black and black. That would have been for pretty neat. Sixteen thousand dollars. And I'm like at that point in time. You I'm probably like, could swing it. I could. Like I could. <laughs> like it would have totally fucked up my life. But that car today is like a thirty thousand dollar car.
0: See, so. I I guess I kinda of shot myself in the foot with my own question. Well, no, I guess I do have owned in here too. The 355, I think, is one of those cars that will eventually appreciate again. Oh, it will absolutely, hundred percent. I think once people kind of get past the fact that the engine out service is just going to happen and it just costs what it costs,
1: it's it happens with every Ferrari. Yeah. Who cares?
0: Well, kind of, but this one is more significant than almost any other. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's a unique case, but it's also like the prettiest and best sounding Ferraris, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, they're pretty cool. Um, as far as ones I've owned. Oh, God. Every Toyota I've ever run in my life. <laughs> Every fucking one. The Supra, the MR2, everything. I'm so happy, actually. The one, one you car. You know what? Me too. The the one car that I didn't uh, sell mm-hmm. was my Civic. Mm-hmm. And was, I felt like an idiot for not selling it because it was entirely based off of emotion. And its value currently in non running state is. More than I paid for it running. Oh yeah! So I'm really happy about that. Sure, but, but I
0: mean the Toyotas are just such solid cars. I mean it's like it's um, like giving up a family dog for a dog. I, I got rid of the
1: MR2 because <laughs> it needed massive suspension work. It needed right. belts, uh, alternator, and all sorts of shit. It needed a, like, an entire stereo just ripped out of it. Uh, it was beginning to rust a little bit. I regret
0: selling every single Toyota I've sold.
1: Yeah, I just, I, I can't do it anymore. This, the Crest is staying with me. I
0: guarantee I will regret selling the FJ
1: after I've sold it. Oh, I I know you will. Yeah, uh, As soon as it snows. Um, no,
0: the it, Model S is really good, but I have to remember to not change out my
1: tire. No, but, I mean, the, you will get to a snow like we had last year yeah. on the 20th yeah. where the Model S will physically not be able to move no, that it, much it wet snow out of its way.
0: It's got that, like, rounded nose cone pre-face lift thing. It'll be fine. <laughs> the Fiat got through 10 inches out here. That's true. And, I mean, but um, all-wheel drive and tank weight.
1: Yeah, so I think uh, from now on I'm going to be buying a lot more of Toyota products.
0: Like a GR Supra? No. Oh, no. No, I still like that car. Yeah, it's very cool, and you are <laughs> the only person that's okay
1: with the engine. I've found out.
0: Oh, I, I, the B58 is a great engine. I do it's not fine, understand,
1: but nobody else on earth. It's the same cares. thing as a two J.
0: It's easy to get seven hundred horsepower. I know, I
1: know, I know. But that's the thing is nobody else cares about well, that because everyone it's, else
0: is autistic and spurgy. like more than me. You like. are more the than. most.
1: No, so this is the thing: is the Supra is the spiritual successor of the two thousand GT. Yes, and Which it's supposed states. to be. Like, this is the pride of Japan. Like, this yeah. is the most Japanese you can get. Is
0: that all it is? Just people being butthurt that it's not a Japanese made engine?
1: I'm confident, 100%. I'm it, it, like 100% confident about that. Because
0: every other thing points to like, it's the correct number of cylinders and the correct I know, orientation. I know. I know. The I know. Same I know. Power. Trust
1: me, I've, I've had this, this debate with literally everyone, and I, I'm kind of, I understand where they're coming from. Because there's this weird like nationalist thing, and we yeah. have to understand when it comes to these halo cars nationalism comes into play like a lot I mean okay, so what would that be, it'd be
0: like the the Camaro having uh a... no it'd
1: be it, this would be the equivalent of a corvette z r one having a three u FE under the hood
0: no, it has to be a, a more punchy engine than that a three u z is the four seven is that right well, you know
1: what I mean though, but it would oh, be yeah. like it'd be. A Corvette having a Toyota V eight, which is better in every way. It's dual verd cam, it's better, it's more reliable, it does it's literally just a something better of
0: equivalent power and power potential,
1: but just not made by them. Yeah. The, yeah. So like that
0: it, would be pretty ridiculous. Well, oh, okay, here's a perfect example. First gen XLR. Had the North Star V eight in it. Nobody bought it.
1: Well, no, that was still an American engine. It's because that engine I know, sucked. but that
0: was a, like a European-type engine, and people hated it because well, of no, its it sophistication.
1: Was, it, it, that, 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 that was a different thing. That was the North Star. You could put, you could, you could put a North Star into anything and kill the value of it because the North Star but sucks. But it was supercharged,
0: and the late ones were fine because they put the thing that they cost cut out of it in the it beginning back into it. It
1: still said North Star on it. I really like the North
0: Star engine.
1: But, I mean, like... So like the Saturn Sky though, like that yeah. one did fine, but it's it's more of a matter of like. But that was a Lotus chassis. It, imagine if Lamborghini came out Lamborg- with the Lamborghini came out with the Aventador, but instead of using a Lamborghini V twelve, yeah. they used a uh, Volkswagen Audi Group W twelve. Okay. That's, that would be the fervor. Right. Everybody would lose and their mind.
0: Everybody would lose their mind. Nobody would not buy it because of that, but everyone online would be like,
1: yeah! Or if, it, if Porsche used a Subaru flat six. That should be... That's probably the, that's the closest equivalent. Imagine a 911 with a 3.6 H6.
0: Imagine a 912. Bring back the budget 911 and use the yeah, Subaru. Yeah, and that'd be fine. would that... be bitching. But if
1: they called it the 911. Oh. Yeah. It, you would lose your mind. You would absolutely I would actively f-
0: seek out that car.
1: You would, yeah, but everybody would everybody would completely lose their fucking mind. And that's exactly what's happening with the Supra.
0: That's just baseless idiots.
1: Well, it's it's a real thing like nationalism matters. Yeah, I know it's dumb, but nationalism matters with with halo cars. So anyway,
0: I like the GR Supra and I think the engine choice is fabulous.
1: I think everybody's going to be fine. They're going to find out the BMW engine's perfectly okay and it'll all all breeze over.
0: You know what a 2J will take stock internals on a VVTI. It's about 750 horsepower before you really have to start considering putting internal upgrades
1: on. Actually, that's you have to you have to consider it for making more power not for lack of reliability.
0: Right, and it's yeah. the same thing with the B58. Yeah. It, they make about 700 750 horsepower in stock internals, but like you really should be considering Changing, yeah, I know. for it's, reliability. Yeah,
1: it's it, it, it's a completely ridiculous argument. You're not going to make
0: 2,000 horse with a B-50. I,
1: I don't bother but. arguing with people about this anymore because I I really truly understand where they're coming from. I just don't care. I hate them. So yeah, I just I, I just really don't care. I think that the 2JZ is the best engine in the world. Um, I know for a fact that the 2JZ never come back. This is the closest thing I can get. Iron block engines just won't come back. And my my whole thing is except for the RB26. <laughs> with every with everybody I yeah though literally coming back with everybody I've talked to about this I asked them I'm like well would you rather have the BMW inline 6 which is mechanically almost identical to a 2JZ with I'm sure there'll be some horrific BMW style maintenance or whatever who cares every modern car is going to have that
0: it's actually going to make it better for the BMW owners more than it'll make it worse for the Toyota owners
1: yeah so um but the would you rather have that, or would you rather have Toyota's corporate V six? I was with say, a the two turbo. GR. <clears throat> like I will take the Supra over the GTR because the Supra still has an inline six. I agree, and that's I, more important I am to a
0: me. huge
1: fan of the two GR FSE. Yeah,
0: that is a great engine. It does no business. That eliminates so much
1: beige and boring from
0: beige and boring.
1: Yeah, but that is no business in something that should have an in inline six. Exactly. Yeah. It's so I, that's a good way a to fact. put
0: it, just to try to like beat some and sense into some people.
1: So yeah, and. Even then, I get people saying that just make an emotion-based decision. Go, give, give me the Toyota engine. I'll take anything. I'm like, no, you won't, dude. Like, you literally Drive want.
0: them both. Drive, yeah. Drive a turbo 2GR with the Toyota Auto and compare it. Yeah. Like, tell me legitimately which one you think drives better and, and which it, one well, sounds better. A straight that, six is going to sound like a Supra.
1: Yeah. The inline six is the way to go. No question.
0: Um now, anyway. I have no idea how the hell we got on GR Super, but. Uh, because fine we're, with we it.
1: were talking about cars that depreciated my Supra experience oh, and ruining yeah. my life. Perfect. Um, Next. Yes. Now, speaking of purchasing vehicles. Yes. I do that I, sometimes. We uh, did my taxes, got my first tax return. Um, roughly the average tax return for most people, 1500 bucks is a good example of a tax right. return. Okay. You know, down the middle, a lot of people get somewhere along those lines. Now, the, I have a challenge for us. Okay. I call it. The tax return challenge. Oh, okay. All right. well, you just on got $1,500 that you did not have budgeted into your life. Okay.
0: <laughs> Sounds scary already. You're going to
1: purchase a vehicle. Uh, okay. It can be running, driving, daily driver, whatever you want. What do you buy? Any car in the world for $1,500. What is your choice?
0: Well, I had a confident answer, but I do want to ask one follow-up. Can I buy it with that money in another country, or does it have to factor in import and registration costs? It has
1: to factor in import and res- re- registration costs. Two
0: thousand one BMW three hundred and thirty i sedan with a five speed
1: manual. That's a very very good car.
0: It is, and I could turn it into a specy forty six racer, which
1: is what I would do. I would get a uh, MX seventy three Cressida. Okay. Or if I could find one, a RT one hundred and thirty Corona. Is that the style Andrew, of the way? yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I get that style of Corona. Actually, I bet I could probably would be able to buy Chase's actual Corona. I do like that. Car. And haggle with him for five hundred bucks to get the car. So
0: <laughs> that thing with some fancy engine swap would be just rad. Ah, uh, you ain't
1: need a fancy engine. Swap. You can put a manual behind it. What does it have? Is that a, a twenty? Twenty R. Yeah, it's a very does it have a three speed in it. Three speed auto. It is unbelievably but slow.
0: Imagine putting
1: a 4A in it or a
0: 2ZZ. Yeah, oh yeah, it'd be great. A 2ZZ'd be freaking cool. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. The Honda that's... K series, just call it good. Well, um, oh, I didn't tell you my intent. I think I'm going to ditch Brexit officially and I'm going to put the K24 into the 2002.
1: That'd be. Uh, I'm not a fan of that idea. Why? I think that the 2002 should retain its factory engine. That well, is, that's the beauty of the my, 2002. My
0: main thing with the O2 right now is I wanted to do that, and I spent many dollars making this happen to yes. get the stock four-speed and engine to stay. But my main issue is I don't have the other half of the harness I need to make this thing run, and it's looking more and more like Just I never will. Carburetors? No, I don't want carbs.
1: Anyway. So, so uh, my
0: options either really cheap EFI on that, just supplement what's there already or put the K series in it.
1: You know, now, now I'm thinking about more. I would say RT130 Corona over the uh, if it, you can get
0: a car like that for that kind of price, absolutely. Yeah, it'd
1: be really fun. Yeah. Um rig, wouldn't really care about the quality of it as long as it's, you know, the chassis is good. Uh long term build would be engine swap, maybe. I would either keep the keep the R series. Or I would go with a uh, the T-Series, like the 3T engine. Okay. Um, I think it's the 3TC, I think.
0: The 3EFTE would be pretty cool in there, that,
1: too. That would be the 3TC, I think, is the one I'm thinking of. That's the one that's dual at cam, two valves per cylinder and twin carbs. Hmm. So that would be very cool in that car. It's a really gorgeous engine, too. Um, that went a lot faster than I thought it would because you had that idea just like ready
0: Right. Well, I did because like you prompted me on this just a little bit before. Yeah. And like my brain's like, uh, fifteen hundred dollars. Okay. Would oh, well, you
1: daily it or would you would you get it for your track? I car? would
0: build it. So I would buy it to build this, it. As this a track is for car. the E46,
1: right? right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. And it has to be like the one is the first year of that three liter engine, and it has to be a three thirty for that spec series. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I would look for a three twenty eight because they're going to be better kept. Um, but the reason why I say four door is they're worth less, so I'm sure I could yeah. find one that's got a bunch of miles, that's in horrible colors, and it's probably rusty. A
1: beige four door. Yeah,
0: a beige with cashmere interior. It's <gasps> <that's sighs> probably just filthy. Disgusting. for that kind of money. <clears throat> so I don't know.
1: Uh, can you can you like realistically find like an okay like what would be the price for like an okay E46 like wagon? Uh, with a manual. Yeah. You can do it for
0: $1,500, but you're really looking at 2500 for a pretty solid one. Really? Yeah. It's a good car. I, I
1: saw one the other day, and I really liked it, and I was thinking about it. I'm like, God, I, could, I could see myself with that car.
0: Like, it's, dude, I've had several of those, and like, when I got Mr. Wags V4.0, I'm like, well, this is definitely better. But it's, it's like my struggle with the difference between the Fiat ownership and the Tesla. Like, it's definitely better, but it is not worth like how many fold more money. Yeah. And the E46 is way easier to maintain. It's a known quantity. Like Everything on those cars has been figured out now. Yeah. And all the parts are dirt cheap.
1: Not, not only that, like, that's also on the cusp of blowing
0: up in value. I, I think a clean E46 manual wagon, especially if you can find one with the manual climate control and no sunroof in a sport package, just buy it. That'd be it, Yeah, if I could ever find that, that I would 100% buy it. I, I found one back in the day, but I had just bought my silver wagon with the auto, and I just started manual swapping it. And my, my car was nice. It was silver on black with a sport package, but it was an auto, so I fixed that. Yeah, and I ended up selling it to a, a guy that now works at Eurotech, and he's since sold it on. I see it driving around St. Paul once in the a while. E thirty? Uh, no, oh. uh, one of my E forty sixes. Oh, my, one my of nice ones. Yeah, yeah, I've had a bunch, and they've all been manual swap cars for me. But uh, Mister Wags is still the epitome of that shit, but not fifteen hundred dollars.
1: Yeah. Um. So yeah, that that would be. All right, that, God, I think I'm. I'd say my, my Corona I still really want.
0: I, mean, I do that. 20R is such a solid motor. That not going anywhere.
1: Co- coming, coming off of our uh, conversation we just had about regretting Toyota. Right. Like whenever we just <laughs> don't get one. Like, I, be Does no, the same I can go get... for not buying one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Big time. Uh, okay. About I I, I, lie, I lie awake at night thinking about some Toyotas I didn't buy.
0: <sighs> yeah, that's fair. That's <laughs> cool. I think you're lying awake right now doing it's the same thing. 20
1: ae 102 wagon with a 20 valve i
0: did uh, I like these are all really cool cars i could have owned Yeah, <laughs> i don't know if i have any regrets on toyota's that i didn't buy when i had the opportunity to but My, like i have it's definitely regret
1: what one most unique ones a ae 102 wagon it's like the 90s like a 93 yeah i know exactly wagon. what you mean yeah. yep with a 20 valve 4ag in it which is the silver top five valve per cylinder 200 horsepower God, that would have been naughty Oh, got it. It was like red and kind of, it just looked like, it looked like a car. It's just like, it just looked like a car. <laughs> it was perfect. It is 13 feet of car.
0: <laughs> it was just like, it was like 1997
1: in full effect. Mm. It was just kind of so faded. Take, too. Like the
0: most reliable Corolla body style in the entire world and then put a fun engine in it. a very fun engine in it.
1: <laughs> make it a wagon and a manual as well oh god what's i thinking
0: uh, anyway part of me wants to just own for a while for no real reason a 97 five-speed corolla yeah just really to cool. see what it's like
1: there's a camry coupe that's a manual over by my work
0: god that's a rare car
1: i know is
0: that a, a v6 i don't know okay I think most of those all were. The,
1: all the badging's like falling off on the rear. And it's like the body's like is it, pretty uh,
0: clean. Oh, the coupes are all facelift. Okay, so that would be a 1MZ FE. Yeah. Dude, if that's a five-speed 1MZ car, that would be so much fun to limit that thing it. or something.
1: I'd <laughs> trade my van for it. Don't do that. <laughs> that I, I'm so with Jana
0: on this one. Your daily driver needs to be made in this millennium. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> uh,
1: there's so few cars in this morning that I really care about. Uh, well, I know, but you have one. Yeah, so. see, the, only, the only thing I'd trade my van for would be probably like a Mirage. <laughs> That That's... wouldn't surprise me if you end up in a Mirage someday. Yeah, that will at some point. Anyway, tell I'll me. to talk
0: about a, uh, a, a Jalopnik copying us. <laughs> Something I just saw yesterday. Uh, they posted about a Lancia Hello thema there, Rob.
1: 32. One second. We have to like, greet Rob because he's
0: likely listening to us. Hi, Rob. Hi. Uh, you are welcome for all of your subject matter. And also, thank you because we use a lot of your links. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, this is totally fair. It's reciprocity like, is good. Like,
1: it, it's not like Japanese <clears throat> nostalgia car where I feel. Where I feel you know, ripped off. But here, I'm feel okay about this. this the one thing it. I
0: didn't read through to see uh, exactly where this is. If this is in the states, that means somebody has actually imported one, and this is listed for thirty two thousand dollars, which is almost double what we found them for overseas.
1: That's a thousand dollars per valve.
0: It it is indeed. there's <laughs> kilometers on the clock, so I'm not sure where it's from originally. But obviously, they weren't sold here. So uh, I think I still think that you need this. Yeah, it's in San Francisco Bay. So somebody actually imported one. You need this. No, it's green on tan. Somebody, I guarantee somebody paid 9,000 pounds for this car and then shipped it over and flipped it. So I, I, I would love an 832, but I would get the one that's been gone over and that's in a correct color. But seriously, we just talked about this. When you were talking about the Fulvia and I was talking about the 832. So somebody has actually started to import these now. And now it's on people's radars. Maybe. maybe. I need to sell a bunch of stuff. Maybe I'll trade the FJ like we were talking
1: about. Yeah, yeah, sell the FJ. (laughs) Like, this is okay. (laughs) So, never mind Toyota. This is like the one car.
0: Can you imagine replacing like the most reliable? Like the, SUV, ever. the most <laughs> capable
1: vehicle made in the last 20 years <laughs> with the absolutely least capable at every A front level front
0: wheel drive Italian V8 powered in, in sedan. every
1: way possible. This is the least, this is just the worst possible vehicle you can get, and it's perfect for that.
0: I just love it. How much you want to bet that that spoiler is broken in the upper? I position?
1: guarantee it. <laughs> Mitsubishi three thousand GT spoilers didn't work, and they're made by Mitsubishi, <laughs> Mitsubishi as a reliable <laughs> but manufacturer. Watch. It would be one
0: of those things where they like accidentally got it really right with the Italian <laughs> one, and the Japanese screwed up using a Lucas relay or something.
1: No, this is all Magneti Marelli. Magneti,
0: oh man, they put a little Ferrari dancing horse crest in there. They put I, it sideways too. I immediately don't want this example.
1: Actually, I think that's on
0: there. Two hundred and twelve horsepower, two hundred and ten foot pounds. Wow. That's Only
1: really 3000 cool pounds.
0: Mm. Anyway, so yeah, uh, you're god, welcome look at for that the cloth, story. That
1: brown Volgaura upholstery. Oh god. I still think yeah, you need one. You really need to get I one like now.
0: We'll consider it. No, I, my it's... dad would be into this sort of thing. Yeah, so.
1: dude, this is like the perfect grandpa car.
0: But the thing is nobody's looking for one of these in this country.
1: Right now. Well,
0: yeah, you got a point. It's I just I, it's so interesting.
1: Look at the price. You of, drive
0: a Lancia Thema Eight Thirty Two around. People are gonna be
1: like, "Look at the value of what a Mits, of a uh, Suzuki Cappuccino was, yeah, oh, when they first point. came to America versus now, yeah." Like, there's a reason. Like, I'm thinking about getting a beat and why I'm kind of abandoning getting all the A B C ABCFK cars because that Mazda I'm never gonna be able to get.
0: Suzuki Cappuccinos are so
1: cool. I know. Ah. Ah.
0: I, kinda, I wish the uh, Daihatsu Copen open active top or whatever wasn't front wheel drive. I know, right? Ah, Tell me about it. Mm, it's such it a cute sucks. car.
1: We got the Honda S660. Yeah, it's going to be available in twenty five years. The thing with the 832,
0: like when when I first was telling people about this, like the the earlier ones have been importable for like three years now. Way more. This isn't. This is a series one car. <laughs> so yeah, th- this has been import eligible for. Seven years.
1: It's all about once people discover it. There's a lot of like weird, cool shit that people don't know about. I think like, I'd rather import a 205 GTI. Mm, yeah, I mean it's a, that's a better car, but I think that this is definitely more interesting. <sighs> this one's cars are a lot of people didn't know about it. That's the thing is people just did not know about it. Well, now carbitrage with the literally hundreds of people that we reach. Yeah, mm. and it's kind of like the Toyota Century. Like the Toyota Century is forever yeah, nobody cared true. about, that it. Is and true. now they're ca- they're collecting they're. You know they're coming out, and people are like, "Whoa, Toyota made a, v- made a V12." And that's why yeah. the
0: dropouts are still so cheap because when people didn't care, they were still being parted out. Yeah, and I mean, still are obviously it's Japan, but like I still we looked up on the podcast how cheap one of those V12 dropouts
1: was. It was unbelievably yeah, cheap. Yeah, it is the cheapest V12 in the world, Seriously, and it's I a very it's, good V12. Yeah,
0: it's four cam. It's basically two one Js, right? Yeah, so, it's two one Js.
1: Yeah. Yep, it's a five liter V12. Yeah, it's amazing.
0: So anyway. Lots of them, 832. There you go. God, that's
1: really cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's like just a very, very cool car. Hmm. So um, anyway, I want to round out today's episode with uh, a fun story about my roommate. Okay. All right. So he bought... My roommate's kind of like us. He just works Saturdays. True. That's why he's never been on here. Ah. Um, yeah. So his car collection is uh, very obscure. No way. Um. Is currently, what is in my driveway, there is a 1980 Dodge Colt with a Ram Air carburetor thing that's a made out of stick. license plates. It's got a twin stick in it, um, which is also Mitsubishi Mirage, if you're not familiar with it. <laughs> um, his summer daily driver is a Smart 4.2. Because he got that for very cheap and mm-hmm. actually found out it was quite fun once you get used to the weird tranny. Yeah,
0: and once you get used to working with its shifts, they are actually pretty good to drive. Yeah,
1: he's, he, he took the exhaust off of it, or the muffler off of it, and it just like straight piped it, and it's hilarious. Oh, it, it, it's the most poverty-sounding Mercedes you've ever heard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, And then, let's see here, he's got his lifted-up Miata. Yep. Yep. They lifted me out of And then his other truck, his truck, I should say, his one truck, yes. The diesel. Is the world's slowest diesel GMC S15, which is the Sonoma for the Sonoma was the Sonoma. <laughs> um, it's a gypsy package. <laughs> so it's got the cool interior and it looks like a gypsy caravan on the inside. And what is the uh, top speed of that vehicle mm, again? We found out it is, if you are getting rowdy you might be able to hit 60 (laughs) like it'll hit it like in quick time Mm -hmm. but that transmission is a four speed oh
0: okay so it's just we you are
1: on red line (laughs) does it have attack yeah you need attack because that vehicle is extremely interference really and they've been known to have valve float within 2500 rpm of the red line well, that's that's a
0: lot of RPM from the red line, So, mm, it's about that much space there. 250 RPM or
1: 2500. Oh, I'm sorry. I meant to say 20, okay. 2500. 2500. I'm like
0: No, Brian, that's probably like an entire tack.
1: The, sorry. <clears throat> uh, 250 RPM. Okay. So, you have like if you aren't paying attention when you're passing somebody, you Your will blow goes the kaputsky. engine. Okay. You will blow the engine, and it is impossible to find another one cuz they've all blown up. Um from that. <laughs> yes. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> uh given that's a rear wheel drive uh S15 that nobody really knows or wants um he decided to make it into a mini truck okay. so he's mm-hmm. lowered it uh put in his uh lowering blocks in the rear um in the rear um uh, leaf springs and then he got his drop spindles up front mm-hmm. and he dropped the truck And the truck like it kind of almost it's a few inches off the laying frame however Uh, He found out that, I'm not sure if this is unique to the S15 diesel, Hmm. but the lowest item inside of the engine bay is the blower motor. Wait, what? Yeah. It's actually physically in the engine bay, so you can service it easily. Okay. Yeah, that's not that unusual. Somehow of where it's mounted, it's very, very low on the vehicle, and he has hooked two of them now on the road and ripped them out from underneath the truck. (laughs) the like the cabin blower motor yeah the blower motor to the cabin is mounted in the engine bay low enough that it can hook on things if it's too dirt nasty low
0: (laughs) that doesn't make any goddamn sense
1: yeah i know right the
0: approximate location of the vehicle i get that's kind of where they put them inside now. But, like, okay. I don't know
1: why it's down that low. Yeah, that that is perplexing. It's super, okay. super, super weird. He actually texted me um, when he first ripped it out. He's like, this is the problem with having your truck be too dirt nasty low. <laughs> it's just... Rib your blower <laughs> he but, thinks it's like totally ridiculous to me it's like I've never heard of this in my life yeah like,
0: when I think of like oh lowering a vehicle too much like oil, oil pans, yeah, frame oil rails exactly yeah. like suspension clearance problems yeah. axles the subframes yeah but
1: yeah no no not blower, blower motor. <laughs>
0: that seems like somebody didn't fully think that one through maybe I, I
1: feel like General Motors was like oh fuck <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man, you know what? We got all the way through designing this thing and we forgot the damn HVAC.
1: <laughs> Bob wants is gonna be here on Tuesday. What are we gonna do? Well, we got some room in the wheel well. Uh fuck, 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 gotta... uh, right, right right there. Yeah, right. Sounds good. Yeah, just put some
0: like put some sheathing in front of it. He won't even notice
1: it. Uh, they're they're like right down there? Like that well that It's a, it's a truck. Who cares? Oh, okay. Yeah, it's got plenty of grunt cards hey, Actually, actually, it kind of makes sense because that you can actually service the the yeah, a nice heater short core there, run for it and genius. all all the sludge will build up in the heater core down there, so it won't get in the radio. This is genius. Oh god, it was on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> like that—that that was the boardroom. The two guys are whispering to each other and <laughs> in between cubicles. So Bob Lutz is walking. Eighties GM.
0: Oh, I feel like we could have done that.
1: Why did General Motors need a bailout? Uh, probably putting motor motors on the outside of the cabin
0: in the passenger wheel well.
1: Yeah, like, what the hell?
0: I don't know. Anyway. (laughs) That's pretty aggressive.
1: Um, maybe we should wrap up with, uh, things we've learned. Okay. Um,
0: I'm gonna make, yeah, I've gone first the last two times. You're going first this time.
1: Okay. Um, let's see here. Oh, uh, I learned on Type 1 Beetles, if you have a convertible, you cannot run a sedan Engine cover. Why? Oh. See, it's air cooled, and where right. we, and the, they moved where the vents were. The convertibles had the vents on the engine cover, huh. and the sedans had them on the chassis. Oh, interesting. We have one at work where somebody has a convertible to the sedan engine cover, and so like it gets very hot, extremely hot, and it doesn't does. cool at all. And so we're trying to get started. It's been sitting for like fifteen years, and the technician's like, "Oh, dude, I." feel really weird about this like we're about to drop like seven grand into like fixing everything and get this driving and it might need an engine and my response was yeah who cares it's an air cool type one it's yeah like we can three change grand. it out, like yeah it's like three grand for a complete rebuild like just yeah we're doesn't, gonna do it doesn't it. matter yeah. i'm gonna sell it to this lady <laughs> just,
0: t- just take it out find an engine cover for it just make, and we'll make,
1: just... make it right again like it's fine let's put
0: a four two chain motor in it call it good <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what'd you learn? Uh, I learned that uh, OBD2 devices, specifically like non-manufacturer specific ones, can wreak havoc with modern vehicles. How so? Uh, like at work. Like, we've oh, got, wait, do you mean
1: like, like a scanner? Like a trip logger or... Oh, okay.
0: You know, just like even like the things that power the, the radar detectors. Really? For like speed monitoring, they can just create can faults like crazy. So like my boss's X5 had the car alarm randomly going off, couldn't figure out why. Unplug the radar detector thingy from the OBD2 port, no problem. The E60 sitting outside, airbag faults with no actual fault code coming. Clear it out, goes away. Plug in the OBD2 thing for a couple days, comes back. Fiat 500E, plug in a trip locker, The entire regen system fails on the car. But not immediately. It always takes like a day for the car to figure out that it's there. So it's really hard to pinpoint it. But yeah, if you plug in anything to so a car weird. that monitors the K-Line, it can just do really horrible shit to your car. So if you have a fairly modern vehicle and you've just got some weird stuff that's happening electronically, if you got something plugged into that port, just try and plug in it for a while. See if that fixes it. That's the most bizarre thing. It's really, really strange.
1: So... Does it like, is it because it's like reading well, stuff off the ECU? or well, like it's reading it, and I
0: think it is actually sending, too, even if it doesn't mean to. Or maybe like its means of interpreting is not at the right frequency, so it's interrupting that one ping from that one module. Oh, God. Because, I, I don't know. But like, it's getting to be a big problem because there's a lot of stuff that runs on OBD2 ports these days for mm-hmm. accessories, and it's really a problem. Copy so, access
1: ports and stuff like that. And, right, yeah. but I mean, those are kind
0: of, I mean, those are deliberately tuned to talk with a specific protocol, so they kind of
1: get it figured Well, no, out. I mean, that's the thing, is like, it, it, that's kind of why you buy the quality part.
0: Right, and it is, but I mean, like, the automatic, the logger that's in there is, like, the best in the business as far as trip logging goes, and it's, like, certified to work with that vehicle. They killed your region. Well, I mean, it's not certified to work with electric cars. So I get why yeah. that didn't work. But like on the BMW, it's causing airbag faults. It's so weird. So, I mean, that's a notoriously picky electrical system in that car. So I get it. But it's going to get more and more involved when this, start, you know, this kind of stuff starts proliferating even more. So oh. I, I wish that these devices, if they didn't specifically need to talk to the car computer, that they didn't. They just used power and ground.
1: So come to think of it, there's one, I got one other thing I learned. Okay. What was the first car to have a na- a electronic navigation system in it?
0: I, rem- it was a Honda, wasn't it? Was it Japanese? Was it like the moving map thing with like the light behind it?
1: That was not electronic; that was mechanical.
0: Oh, so you're talking like
1: computer a- based CRT? There was no screen yet. You give up? Yeah. The Mark II Celica Supra. Really? Yes. Yeah, so what you would do, this is in 1982, mind you. Um, supposed so to be like, just mind-blowing. Right. You have your, your mm-hmm. trip logger, which mm-hmm. will tell you how long your trip is. Well, they added in a function where you could set the distance that you're going to be traveling. Yeah. And the amount of time that you would expect to be taking to get there. Sure. And it will let you know when you've arrived at your destination. It will beep once you go over one of those two attributes. Huh. So you'll know when you get lost effectively making it the first navigation system.
0: well, that just sounds like a like a ten layer trip computer right where you it's can just set essentially it to, what it was okay. but yeah.
1: That was the very first be navigation. Cool. Like
0: if you had the MapQuest shit, you print it out, and it's like point .2 miles to block, it, it, That's exactly miles what miles to do. block. Yeah. So you would just program those points in. Exactly. That's really actually yeah. a good idea. It was
1: super, super cool. And I, I totally <laughs> forgot about that because I used to use that on mine. Yeah. Because mine had that. It was rad. Um, I, and I, was I, I, never thought, say, I, like, I never thought I never that that would be a thing. But, yeah, I remember when I first drove that car to Dunwoody, I used a different route. And I actually was using that to make sure I got my timing right. Because I was trying to, I was like rush hour and stuff. And I'm just like, shit. And I actually kept, I almost got lost, and it stopped me from getting lost, and it actually worked. It was really cool. But I was, I was, anyway. I was writing the, um, the, <laughs> uh, the what's the deal with article for the Carpathage website sure. about that, and I found that out, and I did not know that was the first one. The a computer based, yeah, navigation system.
0: That's clever. I uh, that kind of it makes me hinge on to uh, a lot of the early, like, 90s, even up to late 90s, like the budget nav systems, the actual GPS ones. Um, In Europe, there were, like, regular radios like in the fiat 500 like yeah. a regular dot matrix screen but you could put a destination into it and it would oh. just give you verbal guidance with like really basic arrows on this teeny screen so oh, no, that's really cool no color lcd or anything but like in 500 That'd be really feet cool to turn see. right yeah but like i would love to see one of those so a lot of basic sat nav like because sat nav was just compulsory in europe like it, it started in the early 90s and everything has it really i don't know why it must just be really hard to drive there but like everything has navigation huh so you see a lot of All these right. really budget systems that are built to
1: a price. Huh. It's actually an aftermarket Becker head right. unit that has it too. It's called the Traffic Pro. Ah man, I would want to just get that for the Cressida. That'd be hilarious. It would look rad in a Cressida. That look like really
0: cool. Green backlit LCD and just these weird buttons and yeah.
1: But yeah, those ones that were like it had the little tracing light. Yeah. The way that would work is that would be run off the speedometer, hmm. and then it would use a uh, compass oh my God. that would. Uh, and a gyroscope to know when it's turning. So it would know the rate in which you're turning, and like that's how it would figure that stuff out. I and then you'd have to switch out maps. so
0: dumb when it comes to the knowledge of other people in the past, or even now, just like...
1: like Yeah, we need to make this work. We need to do it 100% mechanically. Uh, yeah, yeah, I got gotcha. you. And it's like everybody was just trig. <laughs> yeah, and it worked. Anyway, well, thank you for listening to Babylon about ancient navigation systems. Uh, thank Babylon. you very much, and we are... Uh, currently on track for episode 100. I'm really, really excited. We're gonna, yep. we're gonna try to put together something special for you guys. Sounds good. I'll catch you guys a little bit later. Bye.